Retro Podcast, episode 96. Mr. John Fox, how are you? I am Jim Dandy, how are you? No, wait, I'm John Fox, but I'm, I'm well. You're well and you're Jim Dandy. There we yeah. are. Is this part of your alter ego? Yes, he's my new alter ego. Sometimes I have to, like, he has, he's gagged and bound and left in a taxi somewhere, but he's escaped today. Good. Well, at the end of last week's show, John, I was saying it would be really great if people gave us a review. Uh, we've not had one. <gasps> okay, I'm going to go personally knock on everybody's door and say, have you reviewed us yet? Have you reviewed us yet? Have you reviewed us yet? Probably get you know my ass kicked at some point, but you know, I'm willing to go there in order to support our podcast. See, and the great thing is I did this really... Remember, do you remember a long time ago, probably back when we were doing... Um, uh, the Mac Developer Show, the MDN Show, that's what it used to be called, and I couldn't remember it the other week, could I, what the other show we used to do was called. Um, and I was speaking about how difficult it was to sort of find all your iTunes reviews because they're all by... It's, it's the same as it is for apps, they're all by country. Yep. And uh, um, a guy called Tyler Biden made, made an app just for me to... Um, to go into the iTunes store and pick up all the comments and put them all together and, and everything and tell me which country they came from and how many stars the people had rated it, all that in one go by pressing one button. Do you remember that? Do you remember I, that at all? I do, and I, I, I know, I, I bet I know where you're going with this. You were able to apply it to this, and you were amazed at how quickly it came back with an answer. <laughs> well, no, that's not quite true. I did apply it to this, and I've been using it, but uh, Tyler's been using this as... Um, uh, a sort of experiment play with projects and he hasn't had time so i've actually taken the project over ah uh, and i have the code for it now um but equally uh, it seems that apple do something with the feeds that you get this stuff from and in the last sort of six months or so i mean i haven't had this so, you know it's gone from refreshing um comments really quickly to you know it sits there for ages before it gets them all back and everything so there's a few issues to look at there um so hopefully i'm going to work on that for the next few weeks and um you know what it's like when you pick up a piece of source code and it's not your source code and, and admittedly he said to me before i took this over that um you know this is his play area this is something that you know he's used to try things so this this project's got a little bit of Cocoa Pods in, it's got a little bit of reactive cocoa in, it's got a little bit of everything in, you know, that sort of project. Right, yeah. You know, and, and everything in me says, oh, just you just need to rewrite it. But actually, you know, the engineer, but everything in me about sort of what I've learned about business over the last few years says, just release it and start working on it slowly. And those two things are so far apart that I'm sort of sat in the middle doing nothing, really. I think you're right on this one. I, mean, I think that this is this actually is a useful app, but it's a useful app for a rather small group of people, I and mean, people that actually do follow and care about the stuff. I mean, I I, I would use it. I think it could be very helpful. Um, and I think that, that this thing is also it's a tricky thing to to play on. You release different versions of your app, and then you have to kind of make sure or, or see if if the reviews come forward, and 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 you know managing your your. Your, the, the public perception of your app is, is really important. You have to stay on top of this. So um, I think it's something that, that would, it's, it, it's a Mac app I'm taking, right? It is a Mac app right now. And, um, you yeah, know, I'll, I'll sort of do what I need to do on this one and get it back out there so people can use it. You know, I'm thinking of maybe changing it a little bit, turning it into more of a, a service or something where, you know, by you can register your app or your podcast or your whatever it might be and, you know, every day or every week or when it happens, it will it will send you an email or something when you've had a review yep. as opposed to you keep having to go and look, that sort of thing. Yep. 
yeah, none of this stuff is overly complicated. You know, if anyone wants to pitch the idea and save me doing it, that's great. Don't mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it, it definitely makes sense as a service more than anything else. I mean, if you wanted to build a, a fancy client for it, you could, but the service is what will give you the money because it's the type of thing that, that people, when they, when they need it, they will buy. The psychology is they will press the buy button. And, and, and honestly, when this is, you know, if somebody wants and needs your software when they're in that buy frame of mind, you know, honestly, they won't make a difference between pressing buy on a nine ninety nine one time app or even a twenty four nine and 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 a service. They really won't. I mean, I I'm guilty of of having subscribed to services where where I don't do I every single month do I use it and to the extent that I probably should no. Do I feel bad about 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 doing it? No, not really because I'm happy to support other software developers and for when I need it, I need it. So it's all cool. So I don't know. Sounds smells like a service to me. Yeah, and I'm getting, in my old age here, I'm getting more and more willing to sign up for services. I mean, you have to be a little bit careful. I mean, everything says, oh, it's 20 bucks a month or 30 yeah, bucks right, a month. Right, it adds up. And you, and you can soon be spending four or 500 bucks a month. But, you know, especially if you're a contractor or a consultant or whatever, you know, you know how much time is 500 bucks? It's, it's not actually a huge amount of time, is it, if you were doing all those things that... You know, yep. 500 bucks of services is a lot of services, yep. you know, and how much time would that take you if you weren't spending that? So you, you've got to be real about this stuff as well. Yeah, that's what you realize when you have less, less, less and less time in your life. So maybe that's it. Maybe I need to do this app review monitoring service that um, is 500 bucks a month. There you go. And that's right. That's the surest way to get rich is to, is to figure out a formula on how to tell people to get rich. I mean, if you um, listen to any of the business podcasts um, that go on, the reality is most people don't charge enough for their products. And as you said, if you have a pain point, you'll pay, especially if it's business, yeah. you're dealing with business, you know, and, and the difference between $40 and $80, it doesn't matter. You know, if they don't have the pain point, they're not going to give you 40. If they do have the pain point, they'll give you the 80. Um, so it, it, I guess that, that, that varies, but be deceived if you're selling to a sort of, you know, um, consumers as opposed to businesses that's a, you know a different a different proposition far more price sensitive but um yeah there you go i mean i have to be honest my main concern about putting any work into this is um i'm pretty sure that the reason that the whole thing now refreshes slowly is apple have um throttled in some way the public feeds that allow you to get this data uh, um, i mean i i don't know if that's true or not i'm saying that's my perception um and if they're doing that now you know then it's just sort of sort of typical that you know the day you launch your service or something they yep. close those public feeds so yep. basing basing any product or any work on somebody else's data somebody else's service is always um a little bit risky i mean as people who wrote twitter clients sort of found out yeah totally um, that's you hit the nail on the head for that one but you know it's it's that, that i think if you were to launch that service i guess you would have to think about it anyway that you would have to say well what happens if they do i mean think about you know poor everpix which is was much discussed but you know they 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 had this great service this great software they invested all that thing they did the right thing but in order to to shut it down gracefully to pay for it, it's 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 you know that they, they sold they sold some intellectual property and and at some point they kind of knew that this was going to happen so if you were launching a service business and you know that there's risk up front you know would you if you have a recurring subscription thing uh, uh, I guess you you would then be the worst you'd be out is is thirty days and you know could you afford that or how how would you do that how do you handle that so that, that's an interesting thing to think about because there probably is that very real danger that if they don't shut it off 
they, you know, it, when there are when there are little niches that open up, if they are important enough, Apple will eventually get to it. You know, they may not get to it today because this is not the sexy part of what Apple does, but they probably will. So that's an interesting thing to ponder. Yeah, I think it depends on what it is, doesn't it? I mean, a service like this is not going to be like a 50 bucks or a 100 bucks a month service. Is it? It's going to be a sort of, you know, five bucks a month service. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, so and you know, the terms and conditions are going to say providing the data is publicly available. And if it goes down on the worst possible day you know the same day that you've just been billed i i guess the worst anybody's out is five bucks and if you only just build them you can probably give that back anyway and right. so i don't i don't think it's not a risk of exposure financially i i guess here although if there were you know a hundred a hundred thousand customers and you've just taken half a million dollars that day well um, so the problem is, is it that... might be an exposure but um uh but if you've been taking half a million dollars every month up until then and i should have some money around <laughs> Well, so that, that, nice. that's the problem is that you would probably be, you know, off you know, skiing down mountains of cocaine. So, <laughs> but let, let, let's get off this topic. Let, let's, let's focus more on pain because you mentioned pain and there's, the, there, there, there's something I can imagine that must be very painful and that's Android development. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you expect? I, I suspect it would be, John, but huh. um, there we are. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a pace back because okay. I, I will get to that in a moment and, and, and say that, but, um, I want to first of all just say that you know um, I realise that this week I'm guilty of keeping my impressions of things based on out of date data. So basically, I can't remember the last time I looked at Android um, or an Android device, um, and you know my impressions were still very much there. But it was a few years ago, and you know how much has technology moved on uh, in a few years ago? I mean how. Uh, I know they still sell this, so it's not really relevant. Okay, well, let's go back even further. Yeah, it's not that long ago we're on the iPad one. <coughs> now, if everybody everybody was talking about iPads and judging iPads based on an iPad one, it's not really a very fair representation, is it? Um, so I realised I was judging my view of Android and everything, and Android devices based on you know a long time ago now, and you know Android has as much time to develop and move on, and these devices have, and because of various project reasons, um, last week I went out and bought a Nexus Seven tablet, and I have to say, for the money, it's pretty good. That is good. That is interesting. That is something I've been thinking about. You know, anybody that that. You know, releases a product publicly. You have something on iOS, and there's lots of. Uh, I, I think it's pretty safe to say that even a single developer can get pretty far pretty quickly, um, developing for iOS for lots of different reasons. And but but then, I, I you know, if you are interested in 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 Android, I I kind of like don't even know where to begin. I'm sure somewhere in the world. You know, there there are websites or something saying how to look at the Android world if you are an Android developer or if you're a web developer and, and looking at maybe taking the hybrid app route. Well, I was talking with someone last week who was um, trying to recruit um, a whole bunch of developers for a whole bunch of different projects. I mean, they weren't they weren't a recruitment agent. They generally had, you know, they were a company that were looking to take in a whole bunch of people to do a whole bunch of projects. Um and actually, two people said this to me in the last couple of weeks separately, and actually they're finding there is more demand and they are struggling to find Android developers more than iOS developers right now. The sound iOS developers are picking up reasonably easy because they seem to be losing, you know, not so much work around for them, um, whereas they're struggling to find enough Android developers to do the work they need to do. Mm. So that was interesting because that's not necessarily how the market does. How easy is it to make money as an Android developer? I don't know, but the reality is 
I don't know many people who... Um, I know lots of people who make money as iOS developers, um, and I'm sure in the Android market, it's the same. Working for corporate clients and all this, you could do the same. How easy is it to make money as an indie Android developer? It can't be any harder than it is making money as an iOS uh, indie developer because there's not many who manage to do that either. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that's um, anyway. The the point is about this. Um, it's you know it's a seven inch tablet. It's running Android four point three. It's got a nice screen on it. It's sort of you know it 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 feels a little bit sluggish now and again. Uh, but you know it was about two thirds the price of a of a a um, iPad first generation iPad Mini. And you know for someone in my family who just wanted to do a bit of email and a bit of uh, web browsing and read their Kindle books or whatever else. Yeah, it's it's a good little device. But anyway, that's not the point. It's about developing for it, and that's where the thing becomes a little bit different. <laughs> that's what you're supposed to say, a comment of some form, John. No, I'm I'm going to let you dig yourself. Go ahead. So you fired up what? Eclipse? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I've looked at that. Um, I'm also looking at using some other products that are sort of cross-platform products, so I'm, and that's partly why I'm looking at this. Uh, I guess the, the issue here is... Um, you become very familiar with things very quickly. So uh, when when iOS came out, um, you know, it all seemed really easy for us guys. Uh, but I guess that's because we already knew Objective-C, already understood Coco, already understood the principles of delegation, and all these things that have been learnt back in the, in, in the Mac days. Um, that makes them sound like they were a really long time ago. The Mac days, the uh-huh. good old Mac days. Um, and I remember, you know, going back to 2007 when I first came to the Mac, that that, that actually was quite hard. Um, and that's partly why I started the Late Night Cocoa podcast is because I really was struggling to get things going because there just wasn't information and the docs were terrible. And, you know, there weren't all the blogs there were now. So actually, I... I was in my head initially trying to compare moving to Android development as it was moving to iOS development, but I realized quite quickly that was an unfair comparison because I already had half the skills I needed, in fact, more than half the skills I needed to move to iOS. So I took it back to the Mac, and I know the Mac is a more complex platform. Uh, but even saying that, it's yeah, it's Java, um, and my Java skills are, shall we say, limited. Uh, you know, Eclipse or some other IDE, which you don't know, um, there's you know it's not using view controllers and, and and nibs and all the stuff you're familiar with and suddenly when you find yourself even as an experienced developer I've been a developer for you know 20 something years um so you so long I've forgotten uh I've worked on more platforms than you can shake a stick at you know you sit there and you think oh there's a flaming lot to get my head around here mm. <laughs> and I'm not sure if I want to or don't want to um, and of course, you add to that. I, I guess the real complication isn't Android's fault. The real complication, in many ways, is when you come develop it. It's when you're developing for the iPad Mini, um, or you know, or the iPad or the iPhone. You know, we have a couple. You know, we thought it got bad when we had, um, you know, a couple of devices, and some were Retina and some were non-Retina. But obviously, when you move into the world of Android, your biggest problem is you know, there's no fixed screen resolution. Um, every, you know, every device has a different size screen a different number of pixels and you know what the heck do you develop for yeah i know that, that that's for me that's one of the reasons why you know it seems pretty compelling to to do as much of it as you possibly can using html and css where the art and science of of, of adapting your 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 ui to different screen sizes is, is pretty well understood 
and and that's what I, I keep wondering about. I, 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 I will admit to, to, to speaking out of ignorance, but from what I've understood from reading little bits and talking to people, the, the, the problem with, with Android development is that there's way less there there in terms of APIs. Like, you know, there, there's nothing, as you said, you know, do they have view controllers and, 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 and nib files? No. Do they have more advanced layout things like UI collection view? I, I, I don't believe you get it in stock, you know, that, and, and then the question is, you know, what is the stock development environment? Because from what I, I've seen is that a number of leading companies that have invested in, 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 in trying to make, you know, first class Android apps have had to roll a lot of their own stuff. Um, and, and so, which is kind of good. It means that there's some libraries out there and, and you know, I did do work with with a company that that built a whole library that went from Photoshop and then would you know from from well structured Photoshop files and then they they built libraries that would in effect replicate the the view controller system from iOS where they first had it to other platforms including Android. Um, so that 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 to me seems you know the the big problem. I would guess that if you knew exactly what the app needed to do and if you really understood how the 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 basic concept of of, of of UI kit works, and if you didn't mind either rolling your own or having to kind of sift through what's out there, then you would be able to, to do it pretty well. So to me, it, it seems like I would hate to have to start a project on Android where I'm really trying to figure out exactly how should the app work and what should it do. But if it was literally porting something that was already where the interactions were all very well understood and the algorithms, the techniques for it were all very well understood, I can see how you would be able to, to, to probably do it if, if you were willing to, to gut it out yourself or to, you know, to find somebody and say, Hey, clone this. Yeah. I mean, I... sorry, I was on mute. I mean, it's, I put out a tweet saying, okay, how did other people ramp up with this development? And, um, Justin Williams, um, has been through this process recently and, um, he actually, very kindly that afternoon threw a blog post together about where he'd um you know how he started and um uh, getting things going and and i'll put the link to that in the show notes that's uh that's really useful uh i mean i've played a little bit i mean you do your layout in xml which seems really sort of you know it makes interface builder for all its problems seem like it's beautiful and wonderful and and lovely and i know there are interface builder haters but there we are uh, which i guess it has its downsides but i guess one of the nice things is is you know um because you do all your layout in XML, it's a human readable guaranteed format, unlike nibs and zibs, which are, you know, pretty proprietary and, and, and random. Um, oh, the the oh, the um, simulators uh, that come with the, the, the toolkit, you have to download the toolkit. I think the toolkit, you can now download several parts. I think Google are now doing um, an IDE of their own that comes with Android. I can't remember what it's called, um, but it's based on, I think, um, the IntelliJ mm -hmm. IDE um, from the, oh, what are they called? They also do app, app code. They do JetBrains. Thank you. Matt sat behind me and he just, he just shouted it out for me if you just heard that um, in, in there, but I've not, not even looked at that. I mean, I'm looking at this also as well, just to add to my confusion, in a project, uh, a product called Oxygen, which is Pascal under Visual Studio developing for Android. So that's, yeah, we won't, we'll go there another time. Um, so that's interesting. Um, so I was going to say some, John. I've totally lost my train of thought. So there we are. It, it couldn't. Lie. The point is here. I'm beginning to realise what it's like for people coming fresh to these platforms with with no background, 
Um, it's you know, and and we're quite clever, really, when we get this stuff to work, aren't we? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you just realize that there's, there's us. yeah, and I think that that the other thing too is is if, you know, uh, like I noticed that that there was some discussion about how there are new API coming from from Google for handling photographs. Uh, you know, for handling raw image files and 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 relating with photos and in all aspects of it, because I, I I've understood that is a big problem, or that even video playback, certainly on earlier versions of 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 Android, um, was difficult. So, you kind of come down again to to what are the things that that make a a kind of truly polished native app for you know possible when do you really require it because you know there are all sorts of cross-platform you know toolkits that are out there i mean there are people just saying look you you could do a complete standalone mobile web app that gets installed on the desktop you know or you know like same way on ios on, on, on a, other platforms and that seems very very alluring then there's other people saying well you can use javascript and css kind of like the the accelerator um technique and and they in turn will will then cross compile it for the various targets and you have a, a, a common denominator uh, uh, set of UI APIs that you write to. But if you really want to then get down and dirty and, and build something that's native for for the platform, then you know that that's where it becomes a, a, a head scratcher at least for me. And maybe just because of the types of apps I like working on that are very media rich. And I think that that man I I. I how would you do high quality, high speed animation on Android? I, I, it, it seems, you know, unless I'm totally mistaken, that you know they don't have anything like like core animation. Uh, now I'm sure somebody will listen. It's like you're so full of it, you have no idea. And and I may exactly be that may exactly be the case. But it seems like there's there's a lot of the more advanced stuff that would really make you want to build, you know, using the the, the native uh, toolkits on Android that I just don't see. And then so then when you start saying, well, that's okay, I'll just do you know cross platform web and because CSS transitions are fast and 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 Chrome on Android is an advanced browser. And the problem is is that it runs really fast on iOS, not so great on 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 typical android hardware all but the, the very super fastest hardware and so then then you know that that's the other thing too it's like you know when you say android which devices for real and then which which are your minimal operating systems because that's another kind of cluster something yeah that's that's something that sort of struck me as a few points i want to pick up there that you know i'm i bought the nexus 7 which was 199 pounds in the uk including our 20 percent taxes um, you know, I have no idea what they are, but you know, it's equivalent in dollars in, in the US. Um, and that's a lot cheaper than you can get any iPad for. Um, and yet, actually, this is a high-end tablet in the Android world. It was the most expensive one on the shelf in the store I went in to buy. Really? Phone. Wow. Um, you know, so, you know, the performance on this looks okay. Um, in fact, you know, in fairness, I've been on the Google Play Store, and I know everyone moans about it, and I'm sure, and I've not downloaded that many applications yet. The Google Play Store experience is nicer than the App Store experience as far as finding apps is concerned. But let's yeah. face it, the App Store experience on the device is terrible uh -huh. uh, in, in iOS. Um, and the applications I've downloaded, because obviously I need to look for a Twitter client, um, in, in, in all the sort of bulk standard and news reading clients, and I'm, and I'm going through a few and finding them. But, you know, UI-wise, usability-wise, um, there's some pretty good stuff there. Mm. I mean, so it's obviously possible to do nice stuff on Android. Um, I use the Evernote app, which is pretty similar to the um, the version on iOS, and it seems to work really well. And, and they've done a good good job now. So this stuff is obviously doable, but as you said, I don't know yet. You know, on 
uh, on iOS is that nice slide of that window across core animation, and on Android it's seventeen thousand lines of Java. I haven't yeah. got that far right. that far to find out. Um, but it's going to be interesting in, in to know. Um, you know, I'm not far sure how far I'm going to take it, but it's um, you know, it's it's an interesting new experience, and I'm just uh, I'm going to be interested to see how much of the iOS skill set actually is usable and how different it is. I mean, I bought the Big Nerd Ranch book um, because it was recommended by a few people on Android development. And just like the Big Nerd Ranch book and, and every other programming book, in fairness, or most other programming books do when they're teaching you a technology, uh, they already assume you can program. Right. And so the Big Nerd Ranch book assumes you already know Java, just like the iOS one assumes you know Objective-C. Um, and in many ways, you know, that... <laughs> I think when you come into mobile devices, that's not in development. That's not necessarily true. And I think the first line says something like, "Oh, and we're going to do most of this through anonymous inner classes because we can do it." And it's like, okay, I really need to work out why people use anonymous, you know, inner classes in Java before I'm even going to understand that statement on the introductory page. And this is going to be a longer haul than I thought. I'm not just not just going to get to read this book. I mean, I did do some Java a long time ago, um, back when it was sort of. In the uh, in the sort of mid '90s, when Java was sort of like uh, still in nappies, um, but uh, so it's it's all gone away a bit. So it's a uh, yeah, this is a long climb, I think, but we'll see. I don't know if I'll stick it out, but we'll find out. Scotty, we 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 nominate you as our Java Sherpa, <laughs> and we'll we'll keep tugging on the rope and see if there's any tension left, or whether you've fallen off the mountain that we should, we're on our own. <laughs> Well, I am going to say now, and I can't talk about it at the moment, but I have no intention of writing Android apps in Java. I will be writing them in something else. Ah, okay. um, but uh, I can't talk about that right now. I will talk about it soon. Um, but it doesn't matter. I'm writing native Java apps, no, native Android apps, and therefore have to understand the Android platforms, the Android libraries, and all that sort of stuff. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're going to see how that goes. How goes. And, and I don't know, yeah, when I say apps, I mean, you know, App, maybe demo app, maybe mm. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Uh, John, should we talk about our sponsor? We should, because let's talk about something that we know is good. Well, if we know it's good, then we know it's invasive code. <laughs> <laughs> there we are. That's, that's, uh, uh, they do iOS training. See, oh, well, maybe I should book in on an Android training class. Maybe these. Maybe we should ask invasive code to do an Android. No, I won't. I won't punish them that bad. No. <laughs> But if you're in the same position and you're looking to, um, you know, you're just beginning to explore iOS, um, you know, this actually this week has really seen the value that I would be quite happy to sit down now um, and and pay for a course where I went and sat with an instructor for five days and um, uh, just uh, was taken through this as someone to hold my hand. It probably would save me, you know, what's going to be weeks of time in books and blog posts and whatever else to do it. So... Although sometimes when you look at these training courses, the ticket price feels, you know, like that's quite high. I think uh, the actual cost, uh, if it's a good training course, and I admit not all training courses out there are good. Um, if it's a good training course, you know, the, I think it, when you evaluate it at the end, the ticket price on that training course actually becomes really good value. Um, and I think that's what is true for the guys at Invasive Code who do um, iOS developer training. Um, they do a five-day iOS 7 intensive training course. I think the next one is in January. Um, it's actually January the 10th, and it's going to be in San Francisco. If you book before the end of November, um, it's uh, a few hundred bucks off, I think. About 500 bucks off by the looks of it. Wow. Which is a lot of money. 
Um, so you can go check all this out at training.invasivecode.com. Uh, I mean, they never have more than 10 people on the course, which is great because that means you can talk to the trainer, you can get help. Um, they do seven hours in the classroom each day with a lot of hands-on in that as well. Then you get the labs are open in the evening, so the trainer will hang around there so you can go back in and catch up or try some side projects that weren't in the course and, and get that. After you leave, you get tech support for uh, for life. Um, when I say tech support for life, they're not going to sort of you know solve every problem you've got, but they'll give you help and advice based on general ios sort of questions um and you get great training materials and i've heard the food's not bad either who could ask for anything more good so uh, you can go check that out it's uh, invasivecode.com or training.invasivecode.com and um there's all the descriptions of the class and what's in there and who the trainers are and uh, what goes on now I interestingly enough they understand this problem so if you don't know any objective c it's not going to say here's how to do ios and um you know you need to know objective c they will actually start by teaching you objective c i think you need to have done an object oriented programming language already because obviously you can't teach someone programming from absolute scratch in five days um but if you already know java because you're an android developer this could be a course for you. There we are. So thanks to the guys at Invasive Code for sponsoring us. We do appreciate it. All right, Mr. Scotty, right. it's time to land this blimp. John, I, I do need to ask you just before you disappear. I know you've got to run, um, but how is the uh, the Foundry release going? Is it still going well? It's still going well. Yep. And uh, the, 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 the version of the app that we're writing for, for a global release is also beginning to smell like app. That's our, the phrase I've been using because, you know, you make the transition to iOS 7, you have to redo a lot of stuff and you kind of, we had to bite the bullet and, and switch to auto layout for virtually everything. And, uh, and at first it smelled like something else that, that rhymes with app, but we've been slowly uh, sculpting it. I wanted to say beating it, but sculpting it. And now it's beginning to smell like app. So what's your view on auto layout then? Uh, I think Justin uh, Justin Williams captured it right. It's like it's incredibly painful, and you feel completely lost. Then at some point, you acquire some zen, which is mostly, I think, acquired by having gone through so much pain. You don't feel anything anymore, and you you, you feel like, okay, well, I've survived. <laughs> it's kind of like this, what doesn't kill you make you makes you stronger, because uh, that's I that's how I honestly feel about. It. I think you know still for for. You know, auto layout will allow things that are extremely difficult to do that would require lots of code, specifically when you're changing orientation. But to I find to do the very simple stuff for which springs and struts worked perfectly, and, it, and I guess let's say my my interface builder muscle memory is so good that that's what I find so frustrating for it. Even even with the the, the newer Xcode, which made it wildly easier. So I don't know. I, I can't say I'm a. I, I can't say that I think. Wow, this is the greatest thing in in, in the world. I, maybe I will eventually, but not yet. So you're using Xcode five or five point one? Five point one. Uh, five point one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I've heard a lot of people say the same about Autolayer. I think um, on the Core Intuition podcast this week, uh, Daniel Jelker was going through. He's converting the whole of Mars Edit to use um, Autolayer, and you know he says. You know, he, he's gone from that point of pain to being, you know, the chilled out, um, you know, guru of these things because he's just been through so much that he feels like, you know, he's had a, an entire life experience. Yeah. 
<laughs> in there. Right. Well, I think we better wrap that up, John. We've been uh, going for just over 30 minutes. So uh, tell people about yourself and where they can uh, find you. Well, you can certainly find me on Twitter, and that's the place to find me. Where? On Twitter. As who? As Jembe, D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum. And you can find out all about my product, Memory Miner, at memoryminer.com. And you can find out about Findery at findery.com. And I'm Scotty. You can find me on Twitter as MacDevNet. On ADN is Scotty. Check out uh, the show notes for this show on iDeveloper.co. Please go onto iTunes and give us a review. Five shiny gold stars and some hero worship would be wonderful, but if you can't quite manage that, then something nice would be good anyway. Um, <laughs> and then we can use a comment cast to, uh, to see if it works and find out how long it takes to download it. All right, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Until next time, you take care. <laughs> Thank you.